The following is brought to you by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com Hello and welcome to another edition of Hidden Horsepower presented by Total Seal. My name is Joe Costello and I am lucky enough to be your host as we have another great episode coming at you. Joining me as my co-host, he is the Director of Technical Sales at Total Seal. And I'm sure those phone lines are burning up right now, Mr. Keith Jones from Total Seal, where I know the phones are ringing off the hook. How are you, Keith? Oh, I'm doing great, Joe. And and let me tell you, you're 100% right. It's... uh... This year has been on fire. It's uh, an exciting time. It's great to see everybody getting back out there, you know, going racing, getting out, hot rodding, cruising, doing their thing. Uh, Hey, baby, we're back. That is great, and I, I just want to let everybody know out there, for this record session, I'm so excited about Brad Lagman and QMP Racing, Quarter Mile Performance. We got another episode. I am wearing my Hidden Horsepower T-shirt, Keith. The T-shirt is on, man. You guys sent me the T-shirt, now I'm rocking it. And other people can get their Hidden Horsepower T-shirt also. Absolutely. You can check us out at TotalSeal.com or give us a call. They're available online uh, or call us. It's, if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. Hopefully, Joe can get a shot of it up there. Uh, it's a really cool shirt. It's, it's got some awesome graphics. Yeah, it absolutely does. It's got the logo that you see on the podcast every time you see it. All right, we've got a big show. We're going back to the world of drag racing once again. QMP Racing, Quarter Mile Performance, Chatsworth. California. I want you to talk a little bit about him before we bring him on, Keith, because uh, this is a guy who started out working at a super shops, right? Like every teenager's dream back in the day to work at a super shops and has advanced to the ball to full-on machine shop, cutting-edge technology, Brad Lagman, an industry standard. Yeah, Brad, and I'm glad you made the, the Super Shops reference because I can see Brad back there busting down BF Goodrich radial TAs. I think Super Shops sold more of those than anybody else on the planet because uh, I definitely partook of the Super Shops here in Phoenix. But, yeah, Brad, Brad's the go-to guy. I mean, this is the guy that, uh, you know, the, the, I guess the best way you can say, you know, you pull up people on Facebook, you look at their stuff, you know, and they've got pictures of the kids and pictures of the car and, you know, pictures of the burger they're having that night. And, and Brad has all that, but, I mean, this is the guy that's showing you the latest tooling that he's made, the latest fixture he's got, you know, something, you know, for putting lifter bushings in or, you know, doing cam tunnels. And, you know, he's just so passionate about taking machining to the next level and leaving no stone unturned. I mean, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many people I have sent to Brad that were at the end of their rope. They're tired of these you know, screw up machine guys, you know, screwing me over, taking my money, <laughs> you know, delivering me junk. And, and it's like, no, you got to go to Brad. And every single time, man, he, he fixed it. He showed me everything was wrong. It's perfect. I'm, it's great. And, and like I say, just he, he's, a, he's a machinist machinist. Well, let's uh, bring him on. How about that, Mr. Brad Lagman, Quarter Mile Performance, QMP Racing. Big intro there from Mr. Keith Jones. That's huge. Man, I'm humbled. I'm humbled. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah. no. well, and we'll Sometimes say no extra sauce on the top, brother. To it's the tires. truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> life was easier when he used to bust tires at super shops, you know? <laughs> God, I, yeah. I, 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 and I don't want to try to get off topic. That was, that was eternity, man. That was eternity ago. Yeah. I love it. 
Well, well, wait a second. Let's go there, though, because everybody wants to think about it. Like you're, you're Van Nuys, California, right? Right in the center of the hot rod, street rod, drag race scene. I'm thinking about, oh, yeah. you know, George Lucas. And we're talking about American graffiti and like that whole era trying to capture that super shops. You're working there back in the day like that must have been a pretty great job. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, that was their number nine store. Uh, racing is just I mean, was wild in Southern California. I mean, there there was like 20 tracks around here. Wow. And, you know, it was crazy. That's all you had. I mean, Van Nuys Boulevard. They cruised Van Nuys Boulevard. We, we stayed up. We, that was the only store that stayed open late on Wednesday nights to get the cruise scene from people parking in the parking lot and cruising up down Van Nuys Boulevard in the mid-'80s. You know, that was something that you, you can't even tell, tell, tell people about that. They have no idea. You know, I was right in the thick of that, you know. Wow. It was, uh, it was good times. We had, I had good times there. Fast. Learned a lot of stuff, met a lot of people. Uh, I remember Don Pernod came in. I put some tires on his Suburban. Uh, you know, uh, Tommy Lee came in from Motley Crue. We, we met, I met so many people through that. It was crazy. That's but that, awesome. that was that was good times. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't replace that for anything. Well, it sounds great. I mean, I think about movies like Fast Times at Ridgemont High and that whole scene, the Southern California, late seventies, early eighties, like so much going on there, so much energy. Uh, very cool. But oh, yeah, you, you, you left Super Shops behind, though, Brad. You went to do your own thing, and it seems that it may be more challenging now, but it seems to have been the right choice. Tell us about that transition from going to uh, breaking down tires to building engines to having a cutting-edge machine shop. I went to, uh, you know, I was always had my own car, and the reason I worked at Super Shops was so I could get a discount on stuff for my car. And then I went to, uh, from there, I went to Service Center. Service Center was more the hardcore guy. Super Shops was the wheels and tires, shocks. I went to Service Center. They're more of pistons, blocks, cylinder heads. Worked there for a couple of years. Uh, we, we built motors out of there. We didn't have a machine shop. Uh, left there, went to another place, and then just went. Then well, worked for Bob Lambeck for like five years, and he had his machine shop. I worked there. He taught me a tremendous amount of stuff from him, and then. Finally, it's just like, I, I know we could do stuff better. And, and you know, my vision and, and his vision was two different things. I wanted to buy, I'm a tool guy. I'm a, I'm a serious tool guy. If I see something out there that's better, I'm not, I'm not scared to buy it. So I go, well, I'm going to do that. And then I want to do that. Then I open my own shop. And then I'm like, okay, well, what can we do better? You know, uh, well, let's get a CNC. You know, right when the CNC market hit. With blocks, I said, let's get that. That's got to be better than an old Rottler boring bar on a table. Uh, we can do more stuff. I have less employees. Uh, I, at the time, there was only me and Mike, so there was only two of us. But we were so busy, uh, you know. We did that, and then uh, we bought the dyno, and then we, we expanded, got more people. And then I kept working with the home. I had a, a guy come in, and uh, he told me, he "Goes Brad, I love your shop. I could work in your shop." This guy, if he hears this, he knew who he was. I, I, you'll know who he was, but I don't. I kind of want to say his name. He said, "The only thing they're missing is the home. I don't care how many blocks you own. You can't get it with what you got." And I said, "Okay, you tell me what I need." He said, "You need to. You need to move up and get this. You know, eight diamond hone head from Garing or Sunning, and you, you need to go to the next level." He goes, "Ring seals is everything. So if you, you can't seal it up, you won't. It don't matter. You got the best solar heads in the world. You won't be able to make any power." 
So with that, you know, I bought another hone, uh, $90,000 in a hone head and, and diamonds. And then it just, it's never stopped from there. <laughs> I just keep pushing forward. There's, there's new stuff that comes out all the time. I try stuff. I'll take a gamble. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, make the whole rounder. Make better surface finish. Be able to document the surface finish. Change the surface finish compared to all the different rings that you have now. Uh, the recommendations I get from Keith, okay, here, let's, let's put it at this. I can hit those target numbers now a lot easier than before. Where people, I mean, if you don't have a profilometer, you're just guessing anyways. But now you got something, you got some data. And I can repeat that data. And I can get to that spec that is I have to I have to go off the specs of what the ring manufacturer says. They're the guy making the ring. So we want this spec on this ring if you have this block. You know, the hardness of the block is going to play a big difference in that, too. You know, if you have a softer block, you can't make it as smooth because it's, it'll wear out faster. And that's, that's just how it's been going, you know. And I'm I'm just crazy like that, and I just I gotta build stuff, and I gotta I gotta I think I can if I do it like five times, there's gotta be a better way to do it, you know. There's just gotta be a better way to do it. And uh, I'm like, okay, uh, my little fixture I'm building to measure pistons and stuff. Okay, well I gotta have that. The little holder I have to hold the profilometer and cylinder so your hands free. Everybody needs that. It's too hard to hold it. And then if if you make it easier to do, more people will do it. Well, I was going to hit it like this because, you know, I heard that phone ring. I'm going to say, hey, Brad, it's Keith Jones, longtime listener, first-time caller. Just wanted to get your feedback on board geometry. This is something we always talk about surface finishes, and we've really gone down that rabbit hole, and it's extremely important. But, you know, Brad brought up, you know, the 8-stone head, the 12-stone head, the 10-stone head. Uh, you know, hey, board geometry is as as important as board finish. And, you know, if, if Brad wants to touch on that a little bit, you know, what he's seen as he's gone to more and more stones in the head because, you know, uh, you know not to disappoint a lot of people out there, but I've seen so many guys with a, you know, in a great old machine, old CK-10, you know, two-stone machine, uh, think they really got it great, and then you put it into a machine with multiple stones, and, and the machine's shaking like he's, you know, honing out a stop sign and things, so not round. And I just wanted to get your take on that, Brad. Oh, for sure. I mean, I did a test a long time ago, and I ran the two-stone head from the CK-10, a four-stone head that came with the SV-10, compared to the eight stone head and I sent it out and it had it all tested with a P&T gauge. Now the problem is that I don't have one of those. It's a hundred thousand dollars. I was just going to say that. <laughs> it's not, it's not economical. It's not feasible. It's not economical for me, but I did want to see what was happening in the cylinder. I can't believe, I mean, I've seen the stuff in a CK10. It is not, it is not straight by any, any amount. It, it's crazy. So if you put it plotted out on the graph and saw that, so with with the with the eight stone head and the, and the twelve stone head I have now, I mean it, it is like within a less than a tenth from top to bottom of straightness. Okay, if you don't get it absolutely straight and you go to finish it with a diamond, it will not have consistent. It, it, it won't be consistent on your surface data because it'll be a little bit of tight at the bottom or a little bit of tight at the top, that means it's going to rub a little bit harder in something than I'm only going to run for eight or nine seconds. So I've seen that. Roundness is everything. Consistency from top to bottom is is more important than you think, not in a running motor. If you had a half a thousand of taper, who cares? I don't even think that would matter. But if you try to maintain it at average surface finish, consistent 
for say like three inches down from the top, which in my case, I really don't care about. I'm looking at it from, a, you know, say 300,000 from the top, 500,000 lower than that in, in your combustion area of where the ring really needs to seal. Then you need to make sure that, you know, it's not smooth enough that the oil is falling off the solar one and can't retain that and burn the ring out. So it just gets better when you add more diamonds. And then, so now what I've been doing as the poor man's PAT gauge, um, I, I use a Sunin uh, digital bore gauge. So it measures in hundreds, you know, something you can't even see in a regular bore gauge. You're just going to guess, you know, it's in a tenth. And that's a lot. I mean, that's, that's pretty round. And then I plot it into this software from Performance Trends, and it lets me go around the cylinder in six places in three different levels. And I just and, and the gauge is I rock it, and it freeze holds it, sends it to the computer. I don't have to do anything. So it's easy to do now. Well, now you plot it out. You could plot a report. You could plot a graph and go, man, what's happening here? Or wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> You know, and so that is that is my version of the poor man's PAT gauge that's affordable to anybody. You've touched on a couple of things already that are like, uh, you know, religion to hidden horsepower listeners, one of which is own a profilometer, uh, which obviously Keith will be happy to hook the audience up with that. But I also love the fact that you mentioned that I'm not afraid to buy stuff like I, you want to be involved. You want to know what the latest thing is, the cutting edge thing. And not everybody is that way, Brad. There are a lot of people that once they find something that works, they stick with it. And maybe it works for a little while. And then maybe it stops working and they don't even know it. Where did you get that? I'm just, uh, that, that's just in my, my DNA. You know, that's my, my bill of materials is there's got to be a better way out there. I mean, I can make something better. Like I said, if I do it three or four times, I got in an argument with a tuner about this, say, like two years ago. And I said, okay, what tuning software did you use before? When you first started, oh, you burned a chip. Okay, what do you use now? Oh, I, you know, I use the Holly Sniper or I use something like that. Okay, well, you're involved in too. So you mean to tell me you want that block holding at CK10? Is it the latest stuff? It's all the same? It ain't the same, you know, but it's a big price. But the, the thing is, you know, you can do it. If I had a guy that came here that was absolutely going to argue with me over CK10 over what I got, come down and you use it, you would you would say, okay, you know, this was bitching up until this point. But now it's 2021, man. Rings are getting thinner and thinner, and they have less radial wall. So when you had a 116th ring with a 210 radial wall, you can ball home the thing and it would seal up because of the bevel pressure and everything, right? Well, you've got a 20 ring with an 85 radial. The thing barely falls through the cylinder as soon as you put the ring in. So if the cylinder is not round, there's no, and, and with the TINC coating you got, that ain't wearing anything, you know? So if it ain't round now, it'll never be round, you know? So that, and then ring seal, like I said, if you have bad ring seal, if you have, you know, eight or nine CFM of blow by on a brand new motor, well, man, what are you giving up? What are you giving up? Well, you don't know until you change it. Right. Unfortunately, that stuff costs a lot of of money to do, you know. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. One of the things that this is a comment that I make with people on a daily basis is, and I'll I'll touch on a couple things. Like what Brad is essentially diving into is is equipment and data. He's a data, like he said earlier, he's a tool junkie. But not only is he a tool junkie, he's a data junkie because it's data. Data is data. you, You can't. 
you know, if I've got the data, that's my proof. I'm not guessing. I'm not saying, oh, it's this, it's that. I think it's this. It's, you know, it's perfectly straight and round. No, no. He's got the data to back it up. And, and data is what drives this improvement in making better rings, better bore finishes, is we have the data. Uh, Brad had touched on guys, you know, you're measuring the cylinders and they're getting all these different readings top to bottom. Well, you know, if you look at a cylinder that's measured with a pad incometer uh, and then you look at it, they're typically shaped like a banana. I mean, they can, they're crooked, they're nothing but straight and round. How can the stones be loading evenly around the bore if the bore is not straight up and down? It's, you know, it's crescent shaped. It's going to load this side harder, that side less, and you're going to get an inconsistent finish around the bore. That's kind of a first telltale. Uh, the other thing is, and I, and I was talking to a guy about this earlier today, you know, it, as good as we make the ring, my comment to him was, it's, it's a pretty basic part. If I make it flat, parallel, 100% light tight, that's all I can make it do. I can't make it fix a bad bore finish. It can't fix an out-around cylinder. It can't fix a cylinder that's got 5,000s taper. It can't fix those things. It, it, it can only do so much. So it, like everything else, it's got to work with the other parts. It can't fix a screwed-up ring groove. Uh, so the piston's got to be right. The cylinder's got to be right. The ring's got to be right. And we're going to have a happy package. If, if like Brad said, you know, we've got 8, 9 CFM. There's something wrong here, folks. That, that shouldn't be happening. And we've got to look at all the pieces, you know, all the components that have to work together. It is, a, as, as Lake would always say, it's a soup. And we've got to, all the ingredients got to blend together. I agree 100%. You know, and, and sometimes... I, I, you don't know what to blame. So I, I know that when I, when I have data after I hone that cylinder, I have data on each cylinder from surface finish and now surface finish in an average over four places. I have data of how round that cylinder is in six places at three depths. So if, if something happened, it came back, I can remeasure it. I can re-put the profilometer back in it and see what happened of uh, the block material. You know, we, we try to generally hardness test before we start if it's an unknown block. I've seen a lot of people get into trouble, and they want to make it smooth, and you have a darting sleeve, and that's fine. It'll probably live, but you want to make it smooth, and you have a stock block. Well, it won't live at all because the, the cylinder wall is wearing away faster, and all of a sudden, then you have nothing, and then you have no oil retention. But then you've got heat in the ring, and then when you pull the ring out, it doesn't have the static tension that it had when it was new, but then it all went away. So, you know, everything's got a, a little a little bit to do with everything. Uh, I can't measure flatness on your ring line of your piston, but I don't buy, you know, rock auto pistons and try to put it in something that makes 900 horsepower, you know. So I, I got to go from a, you know, a quality company that I believe that the ring line's flat, Um you could put the ring in your cylinder with a light test, like Keith said. And, hey, there's no light. Okay, well, that's about as round as she's going to get there. Yep. You know, torque plate. I mean, you, you got to have – I mean, I make my own torque plates. I have – my improvement on torque plates over the last 15 years is, is, is outstanding. I mean, it's crazy. I think I have 100-some pairs of torque plates now. You know, before, everybody just makes the generic plate, and that's better than anything or better than nothing. But now there's better stuff. And so I like to I like to hone it, and then I like to come back and uh, put the cylinder head on it, come back into the bottom, and try to measure it again, and try to get that to equal up. You know, your your plate is rigid, but your head's got an intake port, and it's on an exhaust port. It's got columns, 
So if you cut a head in half with a, with a bandsaw, it's got columns of where the bolt comes down. So if you took five spacers and put it around the bore and torqued it, that's probably better than putting a six-inch solid plate on it. You know, so you, you get that distortion. The deck thickness is probably only 625. You know, then you get the column, and then the top is probably only 300,000. So the torque plates I make are, are hollow, in essence. So if you took the plate apart, you can actually see the columns. And then it's hollow, where you would have the water jacket, or you would simulate the, the intake uh, port opening or the exhaust port opening. You know, that that's a whole different level of stuff there, too, you know, besides the home. How to get to, to be round when it's running. How about that, Keith? <laughs> yeah, no, I, and, and, no I was, and I agree 100% because, you know, one of the first engines that I really looked at that on was an LS. And we're looking at what the plate's doing versus what the head's doing. And the plate at that time was actually making it worse than not using the plate at all. It was like, okay, and just what Brad said, you know, you come in, you do your work, then you put the head on, come in from the bottom, we'll say map it out, and you're looking at what you've got, and it's like, well, this isn't even close. Hell, actually, I think it's worse. And, and, and what, again, this all goes back to Brad about, you know, we just dated, you know, tool junkie, looking at each thing, every tool he picks up and looking at it going, well, that's not as good as it could be. I, I, I can do better than that and doing better than that. Right. And that's what, that's what pushes this industry, not just saying, you know, I'm buying a torque plate from, you know, a torque plate place and, oh, you know, you know it must be good. It must be right. Well, may, maybe it is, maybe it's not. You, you've got to dive deeper. And and that and again is this is this is the nature of Brad is just is diving deeper because good enough is not good enough. Correct. <laughs> but Brad, that's why I'm insane. That's why you're insane. <laughs> but what what I noticed though is you're not unwilling to share that information. You told us right away, like we've got all kinds of uh, machine shop guys listening to this right now, and you just told them what to do. They told you told them what you do, and you told them what to do, and you don't seem concerned with keeping like proprietary secrets to your success. Why is that? You know, everybody used to have a secrets and stuff. You know what? There's more work around for everybody. Okay, if you want to take the next step, so be it. I, I have so much work coming out of my ears, it, it doesn't matter. So I grew up, you couldn't get anybody to tell you anything. You know, when I first bought my diamond home, man, I struggled with that. I had vibration. I had this. I had that. And, and I couldn't, Sonnen couldn't help me. Gary couldn't help me. Oh, they're fine. I paid the guys to come down to my shop for a week to show them the problems I'm having. Oh, we've never seen that. Oh, shit. Everybody's seen that. Because I get calls now that people that are getting into the the diamond home stuff, I my phone call I get a, a phone call a week, maybe twice a week. Oh, I'm having this problem, I'm having this problem. Well, I can help you on that stuff because I was the guy that couldn't get any help. I called people that you know, they're like, Oh, well, you should already know. What how do I know? I just I just got it, you know, and it was frustrating and it's hard enough to, to run a business than to be frustrated because, you know, when you get frustrated, then nothing works. So I share that stuff. Uh, you want to use it. This is my opinion. You want to use it. I could show you in data hard numbers of what it does compared to this, you know, so whether you believe it or not, doesn't really matter. And uh, you, you can improve because I'm, I'm that type of guy that's always looking to improve on stuff and I just can't help it. <laughs> so, but I'm, and I'm willing to share it. I talk to people all the time and believe me, Keith and, and Kevin and Matt and all those guys, they they send a lot of people to me, you know, and either it's a problem or it's another shop that's having a problem or whatever. And, you know, I'm here. I can't stop when I'm working. But, you know, you drop me a message. I'll, I'll get back to you. <laughs> 
Yeah, a, 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 no, I absolutely. I, mean, I just recently had a, a, a good friend and customer that's having some issues, and you know, he sent Brad his hone head and diamonds, and you know, Brad took the time to you know to help him out because th- this is what Brad just said, and I'm not trying to slam anybody out there in this industry, but I hear this all the time, and not just about. You know, it, it's service after the sale, folks. I mean, you know, whether it's machine equipment right. or, you know, abrasives or, you know, whatever it is, it's service after the sale. And, and I'm not, you know, patting ourselves in the back. That's a big part of what we are here is answering that phone call, answering that question, like Brad, helping people out, uh, whether it's our product or somebody else's product. You know, we're, you know, you've you got to help each other. You know, this, as Brad said, there's, you know, there's plenty of work, there's plenty of sales, there's plenty of everything out there. Uh, if we all help each other bring this, you know, make it better, uh, then we're all better for it. You know, it, it's frustrating when you can't get anybody, you know, to, we'll say to, to answer that phone call. Plus the end result is the customer's got to be happy because we want the customer to be happy because he's going to bring more customers. And, and that's how we need to keep going in this industry. You get one big money guy drop out of racing, man, that, that hurts quite a few people, parts, sales, engines, trailers, you know, racing organizations, right? We, we, we need that guy instead of him going, I quit, I can't get a good job done. No, no, no. We, we need to get his friend and go, oh, this is working great. Well, you know what? Maybe I want to hop my stuff up to him. Okay, bing. Got another customer now for anybody. I mean, I'm not talking Brad's customer, but I'm talking another customer for anybody in the whole world, right? Well, that's what we need. Our industry needs to survive on quality stuff, you know? You, you go to a steakhouse, and, and you can go to the best steakhouse in the world. They give you a bad piece of meat. I don't care if everyone cooked it for you. You're going to get sick. It's going to be no good. You're never going to go back there. Well, we need people to stay in our automotive industry, right? Happy customer is a good customer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100% agree, Brad. I mean, it, you've got to keep them you know, educated, informed, help them out, because word of mouth is the most powerful tool. I mean, all the... You know, all the media, all the different platforms that are out there, it's word of mouth. And, and you know, that's the, that's the biggest tool. And if you make that guy a happy guy, he's coming back to you. Next build, whatever it is, he's going to call you. And like the old commercial, and they're going to tell two friends, and then they're going to tell two friends. And, right. you know, whether, whether that be good or be bad, you know, you do bad work, well, they're going to tell people too. So if you strive to do a quality job and, and try to service people, the best way you can and help them whenever you can. And, and you're not going to get everybody. You're not going to take care of everybody. No. There's always that, that situation. But in sure. general, if you try to get it, they, they understand that. And, and like you say, it, it just benefits everybody. Right. Your, your guy that you sent me that's in his own head was frustrated mm-hmm. like I was frustrated, you know, 15 years ago. And I understood exactly what he was going through. And that's why I said, I'll, I'll, I'll help you, you know, because yeah. at that time, I mean, I was just beat my head to the wall. But then I, you know, I had an opportunity, oh, I can help you, you know, send it to me, let me get to it, and then I'll get it back, I'll use it, and I'll get it back to them. It seems like everything's good now, but I didn't have that option before. I mean, and I, I didn't want to turn him off, and he saw that he, he used it, and it made difference on the dyno and everything else, and he was extremely happy with it. He just had to get through the, the learning curve. <laughs> No, and you're 100 percent correct. He had to get through, the, you know, le- get through the learning curve of changing from, you know, it, like we made the, you know, the transition from the old two stone head to the multi stone right. head, going from vitrifieds into diamonds, and you know, to keep going, you know, it's a whole different thing, guys. It's not just a flip of a light oh, switch. Man. You gotta, 
you you got to be willing to work with this thing. You got to be willing to spend time on the weekends working on an old junk block. Uh, you know, th- this is not in. And like you say, having you know that support system out there to say, oh no no, try it like this or do this like this or now you're putting too much load on it or you need to go clean that stone. You got a stone that's loaded up. That's why it's doing what it's doing. Uh, you know, to have right. that you know that 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 answer you know that data and answer uh, is it makes all the difference. We'll say you. Yeah, I know you wish you had that when you were. Now, now you're the answer, cool. man. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, I definitely wish I had that. Let me tell you, it was pretty frustrating, but it's good now. It's all, it's all good now. So, like, like I said, I don't, I don't mind helping people out at all, telling them different stuff that I do. I post enough stuff on on Instagram and, and stuff, so people actually see what I'm building. You know, there's there's no uh, black magic here. Every everything you can see, everything that I do, I'm not hiding anything. Uh, you know, I, I'm not working for Hendrix or something where everything's totally secretive. You know, so my stuff is out there. I'm a privateer. On that note, social media podcasts, for instance, Total Seal has thought, hey, let's do a podcast so we can get to our engine builder guys. And a lot of people told me, like, really? Those guys are listening to podcasts? And it turns out, yes. Yes, they are. Uh, You're very active with your social media. And you guys have chosen to... You know, it's uh, to put it out there for people who are interested and maybe it's a smaller overall number than the people that are keeping up with Kardashian say, but the people that are following are genuinely interested. Yeah, but and also think about the amount of people that you can hit in the Internet other than putting a, an ad in the L.A. Times. It's five million to one. You know, it, it goes all around the world. Somebody that maybe not even be interested flipping through it might see something oh well what is this you know who, who knows you, i think it touches a lot more people than than we give it credit for and and lives forever i'll give you an example uh in just doing a little pre-podcast uh you know research on you and you know that's how i knew about super shops etc you know those those stories that uh that uh, trail that is left on the internet will stay up as long as there's electricity and People right. will be able to go back and find the evolution and uh, seeing when you first got your diamond hone and that quantum leap forward that you took. And then to hear you now a couple of years later with the experience, you kind of got through the learning curve. I jotted that down because that's something that applies to everyone, not just engine builders. Yes, right. And the learning curve is everything. You know, I bought my CNC from RMC. They flew me down there for a week. When I walked in there, I was like, I've never ran a CNC before. You know, I'm a knee mill guy. I, I can run a lathe. I can run a boring bar. I can run a servicer. I walked in there, and I was like, oh, my God, I think I made a mistake. We broke for lunch. I went to the store. I bought a notebook and a pencil, came back, and said, okay, I'm ready. He goes, where do you want to start? I said, turn it off, and let's start from there. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, really? I said, yeah, turn it off. And let, uh, let's let's start from how do you turn this thing on and how do you hold it? What's all that? Okay. And then I was, I got a notebook. I still have my notebook. You know, they trained me every day for a week. It was uh, by, by the end of the week. And that's only five days to get a crash course of CNC stuff. I was pretty good. I was, you know, I was ready to tackle that thing. You know, they were going to unbox it and, or box it up and ship it to me. I, I was ready to make money with it as soon as I, it hit my my uh, my floor at my shop. No, that's and and that's awesome. And, and and again, that's how you have to come at it. You know, I, I, those guys doing that and Brad jumping into it and not being, you know, I'm sure he was intimidated, but not being afraid of it. I guess is the better way to say it. Right. And diving into it because that's that's again is the frustration factor with so much out there that you you know the piece of equipment gets delivered. 
and somebody comes in, hooks it up, turns it on, spends an hour and a half with them, walks out the door, uh, and you know, hey, yeah, there you go, thanks. You know, and Brad, you know, Brad was like, no, you know, I'm going to learn this thing. You know, whether it's an hour, five days, he's going to dive in, write the notes, keep, you know, keep track of what's going on today. You know, grab your phone, shoot a video. You know, it's uh, you know, having that information and, and and having that passion to, you know, no, I'm not going to let this defeat me. I'm, you know, I'm I'm ten, I'm at least ten percent smarter than this machine. I'm gonna, I'm going to rule it. Not it, it's not going to rule me. <laughs> right. Hey, let me tell you another learning curve. So I, I still have my CK10. I have the SV10. I bought the SV25 three years ago. From the SV10, which is just you know pretty much the same machine as from the 50s, to the CNC hone, that was a whole another learning curve again. Yeah, it was is unbelievable. It's not even the same. You can't. I can't even tell you it, anything from the SV10 works with that SV25. And as far as any information that I know with load, uh, time, feed rate, any any of that stuff. So that was a whole nother learning curve again. And because I had to have that, it's because I'm crazy. And I said, okay, I need that SV25 because it's got to be better. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hand up and testify to this right now because I remember sitting at the corner of the bar at the JW and Indy talking with you about that machine, and yeah. you had just – you know, you were invested in the in the in the it would say the the you know, in the gearing head and going to jump into the twelve stone sun and head. It's like, dude, you just got that one. You know, it's like this 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 man is certifiable, but in in the most yeah. positive way. <laughs> right, right, for sure. But that's that's another one. But it's a uh, it's a good machine. It, it runs. I mean, all, I run almost all three homes every day. We we home like five hundred blocks a year. Got to get a lot of stuff done. <laughs> and that keeps you working. And that keeps the new equipment coming oh, yeah. in. So how far have we traveled in that, uh, you know, the original Diamond Hone put you up in a new air, right, where your customer uh, wanted you to be and now you found all this new business. How far have we traveled since that date? Have you, you know, I'd call that a quantum leap forward to the to the business that you're in now. How How, how far have you come since then in terms of, technology equipment was that the a, a big step forward that you're still maintaining or have you traveled a, a long distance forward since then you just mentioned a new machine but what about capabilities uh and uh, you know maintaining that high level for your customers the sv25 is definitely better it, 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 it there, you don't get the rocking motion like you would get in a, in a old style uh sv10 ck10 cb616 it's right on the cylinder it it has five sensors in it. It could it could dwell in five different spots in the cylinder, uh, where the SV10 could do it in three. It has more sensors that are way more sensitive. So it'll tell you if you you got anything going out that's not being straight with the 12 hone hone head. I mean, you cannot hone a non-round hole. <laughs> I mean, it makes it round. I mean, I've seen. Stuff. So say like you got a cylinder that's one thousand ton around, and you try to get that round in a CK10 with vetrified stones. Okay, it's super low pressure, but it might take two thousands out. I can almost get one thousands of out around this, out of this with this twelve stone head without taking any material out. It will just hit the high spots or the tight spots. It's, it's craziness, and you can see it if you spray the the liner with dicom, which I hate doing because clocks of diamonds but you can see it and you can see the spots it hits and it, it runs for a short time it makes a cylinder rail and then it makes it straight you know but 
and, and like I said, it's straight over the cylinder and has no rocking. Um, so there's a lot of advantage to that. But machines cost more money. The hone head costs more money. And then when you have 12 stones, now you got 12 diamonds to buy. And then you got 12 diamonds to buy for op three, op two, op one, roughing. Okay, so now the money, you got to justify that, you know, for the amount of work you do or the quality of work you do or what you're going to charge. You know, a Joe Blow rebuilt shop, it's just not even going to be feasible to do that. But, you know, I hone, like I said, I hone that many blocks a year and I'm crazy. So I have to have the latest stuff out. I invested all this stuff in doing it. And that's, that's pretty much, that's the top dog they got now until uh, they have a uh, 16 stone head now that I was just made aware of uh, Monday. <laughs> and, and, now, and now that's on my mind. And, yeah. You're going to order one. I don't even know what to do now. Break the news. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm, oh, just, I was just going to say, I know what's going to get purchased at PRI this year. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you, you know it. I mean, oh, my God. It's killing me not even having it. It was just terrible, you know? <laughs> now that you know it exists, you have to have it. And, and, and I know. Now, let me ask a question, and I already know the answer to this. You ever considered having a garage sale, Brad? Uh, you know what? My problem is I don't even want to sell my stuff. That's, like, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like it, it, it's I, a I one-way door. Leaves. It goes in. It never comes out. <laughs> never leaves. It, I still have my portable Rottler Bory Bar I've had since I've been like 18 years old sitting over there. <laughs> I got that. I have BHG lifter chewing stuff, toolboxes. I'm like, hey, you know, one day I might need this again. I don't know. <laughs> That's where I was going. You know, I might need that at some time. I might get an old flathead, and I need that for that, you know? <laughs> and yeah, it's like, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I, I just, I'm a collector, I guess. I'm a hoarder of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, except you're hoarding <laughs> things that matter, and I'm hoarding Amazon boxes just in case I got to send one out. Uh, so. Right. <laughs> It's, it's a little bit different. So, Keith, in a moment, I'm, I'm going to ask Brad uh, our question about the next generation and what kind of advice he would like to give to uh, you know himself, if he could, having traveled all this way uh, in this career. But before we do that, is there anything else you want to get Brad on the record with, uh, something you want to talk about technically, something that you think the Hidden Horsepower audience would appreciate before we uh, get to the end of the show? Well, one of the things again is you know as great as all the new equipment is and everything, uh, the one thing that's you know not a piece of equipment is the passion. You know, the, and it's really not a question, more of a statement. But you know, what drives where'd the passion come from, Brad? And that maybe that's something we can help instill in the you know, in other people because you're besides the equipment, besides being equipped, you're passionate about it. You care, and that makes the difference. You know, that's that's a big part of it that you have the passion to want to 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 go to the next level and to do it better. That's uh that, you know, like I say, it's, it's more of a, a statement than a question, but what, what is it in you that may it drives you like that? What is it? My ego. <laughs> it's my ego. I, if, if I know I can make it better, I goddamn well better make sure I can make it better. You know, I, everything I've ever done in my whole life is like, I got to be the best at it. You know, I got to be the best guy in my baseball team. I had to be the best guy in the football team. You know, my car, I was racing it and I was working on it because I wasn't the fastest guy out there. I was never the fastest guy out there, but I outworked everybody, you know, and I try to keep up and I'm talking with somebody with no money. So I had frequent trips to pick apart, trying to make junk work, you know, to, to build my car, you know? So now it's just like, if it's, it's, it's really just a personal thing that I know if I can make it better, I get people that hey, just do it this way. I'm like, man, I just can't even do it like that. I said, 
I know it's not right. I'd rather not even do it. And and now I'm so busy now, I get to turn away that crap. You know, oh, just half-ass it. Well, I don't want to half-ass it. I don't want my name on that thing. No way. No way. It took, it took too long to build this reputation to have you with your $75 crap come in here and wreck it. I don't need it. So, you know, what if you take that down down the street to Colorado or something, you know? So that's that's where all that comes from. And I, I can't help it. See how much food I post up there? I'm, I'm like the, the chef chef. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I was going to say, not only is he posting everything about the machine shop, you know, in the machine world, check the food, check the beers. <laughs> yes. So, when I was when I was walking around PRI two years ago, oh, there's the guy with the grill and the smoker. Said, yeah, come on by. <laughs> right. Give me when a little you... warning. We'll, we'll make sure you eat. <laughs> yeah. You're as famous for the barbecue as you are the engines. Okay, but I got I to gotta double down on it, though. But where did that come from, that drive to be the best, to have the best, to be the fastest, to be the best on the baseball team? Did it come from your parents? Did it come from being involved in sports? Did you go into the military? Like, I think it, I think it came from my dad. And my dad, he, he, he pretty much beat that into me since, you know, I was a little kid. You know, never half-ass anything. If you're going to do it, do it right. You don't know fish. So shut up and listen. (laughs) So he goes, there's always somebody smarter than you. I don't care how smart you are. The smarter guy will shut up and listen. Then figure it out on his own. And I've learned that. And through my whole career, super shops, when I first started going there, people coming in. and I can't get them. I want to know a little bit about that Magneto. (laughs) I don't know, buddy. I better get somebody else. Okay. Well, that honesty was better, but you know what? That made me learn about that Magneto. Okay, so now I read about that. So when that guy was going to come back again, I got I can answer his questions. So that's how I kind of was. Started from a young age, and that's how I am now. And if we're going to talk about kids coming in it, the kid that works for me now, I pretty much beat that into his head now. It's where he thinks about what he does and how he can make it better, you know, and shut up when I'm talking. And then if you've got a good idea, you give it to me. I'll listen to you. And then we can go from there, you know? Yes. Well, exactly. And uh, to to position this, it sounds like we're we're there already for the next generation. This is not uncommon to hear from our expert engine builders and machinists that there's so much great information out there, but you can only access it if you are listening and wanting to get it. If you come in with an attitude or feel like you you already know it all, like you said a moment ago, well, you're not going to you're not going to get access to that information. Right. I can't teach you if you already know. One kid we had here, we called him the encyclopedia. Well, you already know everything. So here, here's the keys of the shop. I'll come back in six months and the fucking thing will be out of business. Okay, so you don't know anything. So <laughs> let's, let's listen. My The kid that got work for me now, I mean, he started, he's been with me for five years now. He's, he's only 24 years old. He didn't know anything. He went to automotive school that he paid 30 grand for, and he didn't know how to use a torque wrench when he first came here. What did you learn in school? Oh, diagnostic. So you hooked your computer up to the glove box. Okay, bitchin'. How do you fix it? Well, I don't know. There's your problem. There's your problem. So how many mechanics are going to be there? Oh, I can tell you what your problem is, but I can't fix it. Well, you're worthless, you know? <laughs> you might as well just search the fucking internet. Hey, this light came on. What do I do? Oh, well, I don't know, maybe muffler bearing or something, you know? <laughs> so oh, we, man. We, 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 we have a pretty good relationship. I told him, I said, look, I yell at you, scream at you. It's nothing personal, man. It's nothing personal. I'm teaching you like I've been taught. <laughs> just push, just trying to get him to get to the next level. Well, no, that's and I said, old the, school. The, the, 
key thing is, I said, you don't know anything. Okay. So you pay attention to what you're doing. So if you can't get off your phone, you leave your phone in your car. Okay. Cause what we're working on here is big boy stuff. And I can't have you mess it up. Cause I don't be buying people a block because you screwed up and torqued the thing to 200 foot pounds when it needs to torque to 65. So you, you pay attention. You don't know. Stop. Just stop. Come get me. Ask me a question. I don't care if you do that 10 times a day because I can't have you think you know in something that you don't. Okay. And they said, if you ask me the same question twice, we're going to have a big problem here. That means you're not retaining anything. And you can't retain and you can't learn if you already know everything. You know, back to my, that's the problem with the kids today. They, they think they know too much. You know, well, I saw it on the internet. and oh, Okay, well, that don't mean anything. If you look at these, in, uh, my friend Jimmy Bowling said this, he goes, when Instagram kind of got popular, whatever, seven years ago, do you see how many engine builders, not big engine builders, but you see how so much so-called engine builders lay their whole motor out in their assembly room and take all these beautiful pictures. Do you think that's real world? Not in my shop. No way. You got stuff laid out. You're measuring. You're putting that short block together, okay? You get the short block together, the next rack of stuff's coming in, right? You're hustling. You're hustling. That beautiful picture you got there with everything laid out, there's nowhere to work. You got all the parts on the table, right? you will love it that I said his name, too. He gets me on that all the time. <laughs> Well, I think this is a great episode for honesty, and that's what we need. Uh, you know, like, I don't feel terrible about the future because we have run into, and Keith has as well, and I know at our Engine Expo that we uh, were part of, some young people that are really interested, and they've even reached out to us through email uh, about the podcast. They love this final question because they are the you from years ago, and I think this is raw and great advice. And that's really all you can ask for, right? Is to give people great advice, even if it's tough to take. Yep, right. And, and like I said, I'm nobody, so you, you can take it for what it's worth, you know? <laughs> right. They can choose to not take the advice. That's all, uh, an option for people. Right. Well, I think this has been fantastic. Um, give awesome. Give your social media accounts so that our audience, assuming that they don't follow you already, will begin to follow you and see the grill and the smoker. Oh, yeah, right on. It's uh, either Brad Lagman or uh, Brad at QMP Racing. Either one of those, you'll find me Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all those stuff. And you'll see the life and times of me. Play hard, work hard, play hard is my, my motto I've always had. Actually, work harder, play harder. <laughs> and Love then, you know, it. just keep going. Just keep going. If you're passionate, if this is this is my career. I mean, I've been doing this for you know almost forty years now. So I never thought I would have been this far, but now you know it's and it's still fun. It's still fun. It's a, I mean, it's a job. The business end is is you know questionable at times. You know, where you where you got a lot more stress on paperwork and stuff. And I'd rather just be out there running machines all the time. But in reality, that's not where it's at. You know, you, you have to do a little bit of everything and. You know, sometimes I'm, you know, Papa Brad to the kids and, you know, so I have to straighten them out. And, you know, so everybody, there's seven of us here, you know, so sometimes I feel like I'm in elementary school. But, you know, we, we straighten that <laughs> we straighten that out, and, you know, we move forward, but we got a pretty good little family here. and uh, Everybody's pretty happy. Got a couple guys that are, you know, not even uh, three of us are not even 25 years old, you know, so that's 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 hard to find. Most most people hard to find a good kid. They're out there. 
they're definitely out there. That's they it. They just have to, you know, want it. They have to want it. I totally agree. They have to want it. I want it, but I'm 48 years old, so it's over for me. I'm doing podcasts instead, which is great, which is great <laughs> stuff. Brad, thank you very much for spending time with us on Hidden Horsepower. Keith, got any final thoughts Hello, for Brad welcome. before we let him go? I just I just wanted to say thanks, Brad. I appreciate it. It's been fantastic. You brought back a pile of memories, because let me tell you, brother, I busted tires as a teenager you know, in the Phoenix heat, and I think every one of these guys should start out doing that, because if you can bust tires all day in the middle of summer, uh, you got a work ethic. You're going to get after it. And uh, because, you know the comment because. about you know you know feel like the you know the teacher in the class I'm thinking you know Cheech and Chong Sister Mary Elephant class you know <laughs> just it's right. been a riot and I really really appreciate you coming on board and sharing your information sharing your knowledge with everybody and you know this this is global I you know I get comments every day about the podcast I just had to look up a country guy reached out to me this morning uh, it's a little island off of off the you know the Galapagos I mean out in the middle of the you know and it's like this guy's listening to wow. the podcast and he, you know, he's on this little island out in the middle of yeah you know, in the middle of the ocean and uh you know that's so awesome. it, it gets everywhere <laughs> yeah it is it is <laughs> you got one internet wire for the whole island that's beautiful <laughs> I, I think so I think so <laughs> excellent stuff that's Brad awesome. thank you very much we really appreciate it great job and thank you, you for it. you know sharing like this was uh this was a day to download and I really loved it thank you for sharing here on Hidden Horsepower awesome. you got it buddy thank you guys Thanks a lot, Brad. And there you go. Brad Lagman with us. QMP Racing, quarter mile performance. Man, I loved that guy because he was his enthusiasm and obviously a very straightforward nature. What is it? Work harder, play harder, that kind of deal. And that's right up my alley. And I think that's what this podcast is all about, Keith. Yeah, absolutely. Brad's one of those guys. He's going after it. And I'll say this, for those who know Brad, he was actually kind of reserved on this uh, this particular episode. <laughs> so he's a great guy, uh, a wealth of knowledge. And, you know, again, not trying to be a commercial. If you're not sure who to go to, give this guy a call because he can help you out or he'll know somebody that can help you out. Well, exactly. And it is, in many ways, an informative commercial, Hidden Horsepower. We encourage everybody to like on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or SoundCloud, write us a review, thumbs up. You know, we got the YouTube channel. There's all kinds of things. Lake is like starting all different social media. So just keep on uh, trucking with that. But reviews and likes is very important if you like this episode and there's always more to come. So you're telling me we've got a big audience out there in the Galapagos Islands, home of the blue-footed booby? Absolutely. Uh, They're hot rodding V8 Mercedes out there. (laughs) Wow. Very cool. Uh, I appreciate it, but this uh, the whole exercise here, we learned a lot in terms of embracing new technology, getting through the learning curve, and frankly, having the desire and the passion to stick with whatever it is you're doing. And I think those three are all connected. You know, they're all connected one way or another. Let's assume that there's some engine builders out there, there's some machinists out there who are working for customers or working on their own projects, and they want to get the most out of their engine, Keith, uh, and they're thinking about Ring Seal. What should they do? Who should they call? Give us a holler here at Total Seal. Uh, phone number is 800 874 2753. Give us a holler. Ask the questions. Go to the website. There's a ton of great information on there. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. All the previous episodes, there's just a, a, a wealth of knowledge on our YouTube page. Uh, check all that out. And, and, and as always, you're always welcome to give us a call. You know, And just kind of like Brad, you know, ask questions. 
you know, that's how we learn. We're going to, you know, if you're not sure, ask somebody. Don't just assume this is what you need to do or guess at it. You know, reach out, make a call, and make sure you're going the right direction. And you can even get a Hidden Horsepower t-shirt on the website, TotalSeal.com. Keith, another great episode. I really appreciate it. I learned so much. Thank you so much. Oh, no. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate everything you do and taking the time out of your day. He's Keith Jones, the Director of Technical Sales at Total Seal. I'm Joe Costello at WFO Joe. If you're on the social media and you're looking for Brad and you happen to find me as well, you can follow along on Instagram and Twitter, WFO Joe. I host the WFO Radio Podcast, and I am super excited about these episodes of Hidden Horsepower. So check out the feed, write us a review, give us a thumbs up. More episodes to come. Hidden Horsepower, presented by Total Seal.